Welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken, a podcast about Jesus, His Word, and our joy in following Him. I'm Amy Spreeman. And I'm Michelle Leslie, and we are off to a busy summer season, but we wanted to take some time and slow down and share some things that have been happening with each of us over the past few weeks, You know, things going on in the church and talk about what's ahead and things like that. Yeah, it has been a few weeks since we dropped an episode, Michelle. Uh, We announced at the end of our last episode titled, How to Prevent Abuse in Your Church, uh, and that Michelle and I are on an every other week schedule for the summer. We did that last summer uh, because we definitely need to catch our breath and just reconnect with each other and with you, our listeners. Um, You know, I was uh, trying to come up with a, a name for this episode, and unfortunately, the summer heat is providing only half baked ideas, Michelle. (laughs) So (laughs) I thought about church reflections or uh, how about two ladies tossing salt? Eh, no. Um, (laughs) A fine mess we're in or Jesus said there'd be days like this. Yeah. Anyway, I finally settled on Thinking Out Loud. So ladies, this is the name of this podcast episode, Thinking Out Loud. (laughs) Well, I think I like thinking out loud best of all of those ones that you know. I don't know if I know if I want anybody throwing salt at me. So (laughs) thinking out loud sounds good. Just don't. Hey, listeners, don't confuse us with just thinking with our friends, Daryl and Virgil, because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to take anything (laughs) away from them. And we don't want you to mix us up with them or them up with us or anything like that. It would so, be an honor on our part if, it if somebody would, would it mix would. us Listen, up with listen them, to both of us. I love those two. They are great. Yeah, yeah. We we thought we'd put together just a, a kind of a laundry list of things that we'd like to cover if we can fit it all in today. Michelle, I know this recent Southern Baptist Convention and the monkey business that happened there in mid-June is really heavy on your heart. Um, and I wanted to share about some other recent storms of life, but also, you know, how God has used some very sad circumstances for his glory. I love when he does that. Yeah, that's right. And we're also going to talk about some exciting opportunities that we've got going. And we do want to let you know some specific prayer requests we have, if you wouldn't mind taking those before the Lord, because we really appreciate it when our listeners pray for us. That's really sweet of y'all. Absolutely. And I love those episodes, too, where we gather prayer requests and we can pray for each other. Uh, We're going to do that in the future. I I like those as well. Uh, Really important for the saints to pray for one another, especially, you know, kind of in the in the circumstances that we're all in right now. Yeah, I mean, we we cannot forget to pray for one another. That's extremely important. So that's what the church is for. That is. Well, how about we tackle that giant elephant in the room first, the SBC, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. As some of you know, I attended that. It's been a couple of weeks now since I got back. It was in Anaheim, California. And uh, actually, I just one of my pastors just started a podcast and he was he interviewed some of us that went and uh, and I just recorded that episode with him today. It should be by the time our episode drops, his episode ah. will probably be out already. So we'll get. Yeah, I can't you know, wait you to can, hear that. Yeah, everybody can get a double dose of Michelle's thoughts on the SBC <laughs> if they want it. Um, but it was it was a very uh, it was very interesting uh, experience. It was very disheartening in many ways. And just to kind of sum things up, um, well, let me let me say what the good things were first, because there were some okay. good things about the Southern Baptist Convention. 
the best thing about it for me was that my adult daughter, Michaela, got to go with me and uh, we got to yes. spend some time together, have a little mini vacation one afternoon, uh, just going to the beach and the shops and things like that. So that was that was nice. And then um, I also got to meet lots of people that I know from uh, social media and uh, people that I haven't seen in a while and things like that. And that was really a lot of fun. I held some pop-up meet and greets for, you know, my social media followers could know where I was and just stop by and say hello if they wanted to. And that was really great. So, and, and the weather there, oh my goodness, the weather in <laughs> Anaheim was beautiful. Oh my. It, you know, humility just kills us down here in South Louisiana. <laughs> humility, humidity kills us down here in South Louisiana in the summertime. It really humiliates us a lot of times. And, uh, and it was so nice to be somewhere where there was virtually close to, well, just exactly the right amount of humidity in the air, which is practically none. And the, the breeze coming up off of the ocean and everything, it was just so nice. You know, you could get in the shade and getting in the shade actually did something. <laughs> so <laughs> that was great. And, uh, it was just a very nice facility. It wasn't as expensive, you know, as restaurants and stuff like that as I thought it would be. Um, the, the facility, like I said, the facility was very nice. Everything was very clean in that area. We were right next to Disneyland and the streets, the whole area was very nice and clean. Uh. So there were a lot of good things, uh, going on at the SBC. Unfortunately, the actual business that they were, that we were there to attend to did not really go our way. Uh, as far as those of us who are doctrinally sound, pretty much to sum it up, Everything that we voted for failed and everything that we voted against passed, basically, is how it was. So, Well, and then you had a guest appearance, a a speaker that was uh, very shocking that I noticed uh, from the sidelines up here in Wisconsin, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Rick Warren. Yes, Rick Warren. Um, What happened with that is that uh, his church is still in the SBC, unfathomably. Uh, as many of our listeners probably know, last year, right before the Southern Baptist Convention, he gleefully announced that he was, uh, his church was, and I use church very loosely, uh, when it relates to Saddleback, but, um, he, they, uh, they ordained three women as pastors last year. And so at the convention last year, someone made a motion to, uh, that we should see about excommunicating them, or we call it disfellowshipping uh, from the SBC because of this, because, you know, our our um, statement of faith, the Baptist faith and message says that the office of pastor is reserved to men. So the the motion was kind of tabled until this year. And this year, right before the convention, you know, he had done that last year. This year, right before the convention, he announced that he was going to retire and that his replacement as pastor was going to be this couple that's their co-pastors at another church right now. And they're going to be co-pastors at Saddleback. So, you know, that was just another blow. So <laughs> this year, the motion from last year to disfellowship them, you know, they were the, the credentials committee was supposed to have studied that and figured out what they were going to do about that and report back to us this year. Well, what they reported back to us this year was that they really didn't, uh, they really had not been able to, to gather enough evidence to come to any sort of conclusion, which I don't <laughs> I know. know how much evidence they need when this is just plastered all over the press and everything. But yeah. anyway, that's what they said. And um, so, 
So the, the cr- credentials committee, uh, presented their recommendation and their recommendation was that we take another year to study what a pastor is to, to study the definition of pastor and see if what's we can all pastor? come to some kind of, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. What's a woman? What's a pastor? What's so, a baby? What's a man? <laughs> well, yeah, I get it. <laughs> exactly. So that was not, nobody was really thrilled with that. It seemed to be like they were just kicking the can down the road. And um, so Rick Warren apparently wanted to get up and defend himself. Well, he said, I'm not going to defend myself. And then he proceeded to spend six minutes doing something that approximated defending himself. <laughs> he went, he didn't really talk about how having women pastors is biblical. He just stood up there and uh, he said he had a love letter for us. It was really a love letter to himself, talked about all his accomplishments. And, and really, it was, <laughs> I told somebody later, I said, you know, this wasn't really a list of accomplishments. This was an indictment that he was reading against himself, like how many pastors he had trained and churches he had started and oh how wonderful he was at doing all these things which have spread false doctrine you know i'm sure our listeners know all about that so um so it was just it was just so aggravating and to be in the same room and watch him do this and listen to him do this and then when he was finished i would say at least 2 thirds of the room stood up and gave him a standing ovation you know, Michelle, that to me is the most heartbreaking, horrifying right. thing of, of all of it. Even even though he stood up and and basically uh, blasphemed. I mean, I I would say that what he did was seriously an offense to God. But then to oh, yeah. have everyone stand up and applaud this man. Um, and yeah. ladies, if you're, if you're new to us and you haven't heard what the red flag, not only red flags, but why you should mark and avoid Rick Warren and anything that comes out of Saddleback Church, we are going to put a, uh, quite a few links in our show notes today. Uh, but the one you're going to want to watch is called Purpose Driven. And, uh, you click on that and it's got a three hour video. It's got all the bullet points of all the things that really are against God's word that this man has been engaging in for years. Yes. Yes. He really should have been disfellowshipped a couple of decades ago, probably, um, because he has been, it's just been terrible, the the things that he has done to wreak havoc on especially Southern Baptist churches. So that was one of the highlights or lowlights, you might want to say, of the convention. It was very, it, it, it was more discouraging to me to see all those people stand up and applaud him than what he actually said, because Rick Warren, you know how he is. He's <laughs> he just says things like that about himself and that's not unexpected, but that was discouraging. And then of course our the candidates that we wanted to win, um Tom Askell and Vody Bauckham and Javier Chavez, they none of them won their the positions that we were trying to vote them into. And um I presented a motion uh to uh, for a, a third party investigation into Southeastern Seminary's um, actions on the Jennifer Buck case. And so that was, that was an interesting experience. Uh, and it, you know, you just present a resolution and it's either accepted or rejected. And it was accepted and it was referred to the trustees of Southeastern Seminary. So I'm sure nothing's going to happen on that. But, um, so I'm just trying to think of all the, the, the major, 
points that I experienced while I was there. Um, well, one but, thing I can say that you experienced, Michelle, is you, and you said the word yourself, discouragement. Um, right. when I, when I spoke with you after the convention, it, it really had an impact on you, didn't it? It really did. And part of it was just because I was tired physically, but also a very real large part of it was that we, those of us who were on the side of scripture and on the side of fidelity to scripture, went in there and really we were doing spiritual warfare. It, it's not that people didn't like Tom Askell and that's why they voted against him. They were voting against the what he represented, fidelity to scripture, change, getting back to a biblical way of doing things in the SBC. And so when you're facing something like that and you're you're trying you're in there trying to fight and 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 you know uphold scripture and all of that and then it seems like the bad guys win. And I, I don't mean that to sound pejorative against them. I just mean that as a general term. But um, the side you, you know, the side that is fighting against scripture wins. It can be very draining uh, spiritually and emotionally. And so um, it, yeah, it kind of did a number on me. I needed some rest when I got home. So, and uh, yeah, so that was, that was quite an experience. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, I've been where you are. Yeah, we both have many times when it seems like darkness is overwhelming um and it's taking over. We we have to encourage each other as the church, I believe, ladies, and and you've probably been in this situation too, especially in the last couple of years recently as we see our world get darker. Uh, we need to encourage each other and remind each other who God is and who who won the victory, right? It, Jesus did. He won that victory on right. the cross. And we know it's going to happen in the end. And all of this darkness will be judged. It will be swallowed up by light. And and we know that we can rest in that. So, um, and and that is such good news that that Jesus died for all of it, and it's all going to be wiped out someday. But until then, our flesh still has to deal with it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We need to keep our focus on Christ and and trust him to handle all these things. So I think um, the upshot of it is I think a lot of doctrinally sound churches are going to be leaving the SBC this year. Some of them have probably already started uh, making plans or exiting or whatever. Uh, There's a lot of talk amongst um, people, I guess on my side, I guess you could say on the, on the side of scripture um, and, and changing things to be done biblically in the SBC. There are a lot of people on that side who are saying, well, you know, this, this year was an anomaly because it was in Anaheim and a lot of churches couldn't afford to go and, and things of this nature. And next year it's going to be in New Orleans. So things will be different next year. You know, I really hope they're right. I pray and pray and pray that they're right. But as someone who has been watching this trajectory for the past, 10, 15 years, I really don't think anything's going to change for the better. Uh, I think it's going to continue on this this current trajectory and things are just going to get worse next year. Um, I, it would not surprise me to see uh, women pastors endorsed in under five years, that that, that would be okay in under five years. So, um, yeah, so I guess we'll just have to... Um, We've got to see what's what. I mean, we not we all need to trust our. Well, I don't want to say we all need to trust all of our pastors. Some of our, if you're in the if if you're in a Southern Baptist church, what you need to do 
is you need to find out where your pastor stands on all these things. If he agrees with all the liberal stuff that's going on in the SBC right now, you need to find yourself a new church, a doctrinally sound local church, whether that's another doctrinally sound Southern Baptist church or independent Baptist or Bible church or, or whatever. You, if your church is in a alignment and agreement with the liberal way that things are going in the SBC, you're not in a doctrinally sound church. If you're in a in an SBC church where your pastor feels like, okay, we're going to stay in and fight for the SBC one more year or until they decide that women pastors are okay or until they decide that homosexuality is okay. And both of those things are coming at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, then you need to, you know, talk to your pastor kindly, gently, patiently, express your concerns, ask questions, find out where he is on this. And, um, you know, you need to, to prayerfully decide, uh, you're, especially if you're married, your husband needs to prayerfully decide what is the best thing to do next, you know, and, and what's best for your family. Uh, hopefully you won't have to find a new church because Southern Baptist churches are um, autonomous and we are not required to go along with what goes on at the national level. So that's good. That's, that's how my church is. We're, you know, we're autonomous. We are completely against all this stuff that's going on in the SBC. So um, you want to find yourself a church like that, that, that knows what's what doctrinally and is, is, uh, doctrinally sound. So yeah, I think that, that pretty much yeah. wraps up. Yeah, <laughs> that pretty much wraps up my experience with the SBC. And I will be putting, I think I'm going to be putting a few more things on my blog about it, but we'll, we'll kind of see how that all plays out. So all right. it was well, quite interesting. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that that was the big elephant in the room. We've, we've got a whole herd of elephants galloping through this week, I think, that we need to talk about. But one of them uh, we're going to uh, save uh, for a few minutes, and that is the Roe versus Wade decision of the uh, United States Supreme Court. So uh, that's coming. We do want to, we do want to talk about that a little bit. Um, but while you were gone, Michelle, uh, one thing that happened up in our neck of the woods here in Wisconsin. And what kept me from really tuning in uh, for a lot of this is that we had some storms, and I'm talking about literal storms. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, several, well, eight different tornadoes uh, rip through uh, quite wow. a swath in northeast Wisconsin, uh, just really knocking out several communities, not blasting buildings to the ground very much, although there were a few old buildings that did come down, but uh, really taking the power out, snapping uh, power poles and telephone wires and all the all that stuff trees yeah. down and uh and one of them was an f4 tornado that came came through our town mm-hmm. uh, up here in in wisconsin and of course my husband was out in the garage as we were watching the weather he said i'm gonna go see this thing come through <laughs> oh, oh my man, goodness i tell you i know Isn't that it, just like a, a man <laughs> it, it's a thing. I don't know if they're like that where you are, Michelle, but but up here, the guys all have to go out in the garage and watch these things come through. But it was <laughs> I, I came out there to tell him, uh, you know, Bob, but you, here here it comes. It's bearing down on us right now. And he, we were looking outside, and, and it was just still. There was nothing going on. Yeah. And then within three seconds, it, it was the most amazing thing. It went from zero winds to 80 miles an hour, just blasting. And mm. we both just ran for the basement. And as I was closing the garage door, I just took a peek out, uh, out in the yard and it was like, a black swirl. It, it really was. It was a uh, mm. windy thing. Debris was flying around. I don't know what that was, but I, we hightailed it down the basement and, uh, weathered the storm. But 
when we came out, we had uh, quite a bit of damage. No one had power. And so um, it was kind of nice to be without internet for a while. But <laughs> <laughs> got a little vacation, huh? A little vacation from that. But um, what, what's really beautiful is that uh, the town's people came together. Um, people out in the country, people in the towns. We were, you know, what, what little cell phone stuff we had, we were able to talk to each other a little bit and get on some community groups, but just helping each other. And, and it was really nice to see, you know, after a day or two, neighbors coming together who had never met. You know, th- that happens yeah. in smaller towns, too, when you're out in the country. It's like, oh, you know, there's there's someone from a few farms down I've never met before. And so, you know, you're, yeah. you're clearing um, debris together. Um, one thing, and I, I know she's not listening, so I, I do want to ask for a prayer. Um, and I'm going to put this one up here, is uh, a prayer for a neighbor across the street. Uh, my husband and I noticed a few trees down, and so we walked over there to see how she was doing uh, with her uh, daughters and husband. And she said, well, I'm all alone now, so it's it's just going to have to be me. And I said, oh, where, where's your husband? Well, Michelle, apparently three weeks before the storm came through, he had taken his own life. And mm. she is truly alone. And I had no idea. And here she was, you know, just uh, less than a mile from me across the road. And and I had no idea. And oh, I, I feel terrible about this. And I, I would just ask for prayer uh, for her little family that uh, that she would know the Lord, um, that she would know the comfort of Christ in all of this, uh, because it's really clear after talking with her that she does not. So so my, my husband, as we were after we had done a, an afternoon's worth work of worth uh, worth of work there, uh, he said, you know, here's our mission field. So. Yeah. Um, so I would just ask for prayer for her uh, from our. Well, let our me ladies. let me pray for her right now. Do you have? Uh, do you want to give her name or? Yes. Um. I'll just give her first name. It, it's Jackie yeah. and her two little okay. girls. Well, listeners, let's pause just a moment and and pray for Jackie and her family. Father, I just pray for Jackie and her her children. I just pray that you would. First and foremost, save her if she doesn't know you and um, and help Amy and her husband to to be able to share the gospel with her and to share your love with her, you know, just in practical ways to open that door for the gospel. And I pray that um, this must be an unimaginably difficult time for her. I don't know how people go through things like that without you. And so I pray that this will be, you know, you will use this terrible, awful experience that she's been through with her husband's suicide to open her eyes to her need for a Savior and help her to to come to know you as Savior and Lord. I pray that you'll provide for her, that you'll take care of any um, issues with her house or insurance or anything like that, and that she will know that you are the Lord and that you are the one who's taking care of her in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, ladies who joined in just now to pray for her. Uh, That will be my continuing prayer request as we share the gospel with her. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, did your house have any damage? What about your church? Uh, our church was fine. Uh, power was wiped out in the town, next town over where our church is. Um, and we had quite a few church people going, you know, from home to home as well, helping out. Um, in fact, uh, as we record this tomorrow, we have somebody coming over and uh, oh, wow. he will be helping with our tree. So that's lovely. And we have another that's church uh, elder coming over to uh, help us with our uh lawn tractor that uh, has gone on the fridge. So, so it's just a, a lovely community. It's uh, really neat to, uh, you know, have, have people helping each other during this time. 
<sighs> yeah, so, it really reminds oh. me of it really reminds me of of how things are here after a hurricane. You know, it sounds like a lot of the same kind of damage, a lot of the neighbors coming together to actually meet each other for the first time sometimes and help each other out and and certainly our churches helping each other out. So that's really great. Uh, yeah, you've been through this a few times, I know. So it is a, a few. blessing. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. not fun, but church family makes it a lot better. So uh, indeed. Well you know amazingly and thankfully no one no one uh, was killed during this this mess. But oh, praise uh, God. Yeah, a lot of power lines were snapped off, and so ours are back. Uh, only took us five days to get that, so we're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, I know what that's uh. like, living on a generator for a week. Yeah, especially, down, was it really hot up there when that happened? Yes. So we didn't was have it? air conditioning, yeah, but we had fans, and yeah, we were okay. Uh, miserable. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Down here, when that's the worst thing about hurricane season is that it's in the middle of the summer when it is so hot, you know, and so your air conditioner goes out and you're just dying. Oh, but I'm glad, yes. it, glad it wasn't too bad. I'm glad you got your power back on and everything's getting back to normal. So yeah, me good. too. Normal for whatever that is, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. Oh, what else uh, are we going to talk about? Well, uh, we've got a list here. <laughs> I know we did, ladies, we did kind next? of jot down a few things. Uh, well, I can say that um, I just got back as we record this from a, a little road trip to Ohio. Where, That's uh, right. Yeah. So my husband and I drove down um, a few days ago and uh, we went to the Cleveland area, a little town called Chagrin Falls. And uh, I don't know, if you, I know you have, Michelle, but a lot of ladies maybe have heard of Pastor Alistair Begg, and uh, we were at his church. Uh, Actually, there's a a ministry called The American Gospel, and many of you are familiar with that. And we were recording uh, some some video there for a future film for uh, The American Gospel, and that's a wonderful project. Um, You may be familiar with uh, uh, the streaming service AGTV for American Gospel. And I will tell you, if you're not subscribed to AGTV and the and uh, you don't want to be on Netflix anymore because it's so carnal or prime or whatever it is that you, you know, whatever streaming services you have, do consider AGTV. Uh, it is incredible. There is so much content on there for a streaming service. Um, and it's, uh, if you're looking for the website, you can just go to theamericangospelfilm.com, americangospelfilm.com. We'll put the link in our program notes. But uh, they in 2018, they came out with a documentary two-hour film called Christ Alone. And uh, then in 2019, they came out with Christ Crucified. And that was a wonderful one as well. And the one that was supposed to be released this year is called American Gospel Spirit and Fire. And it's all about the Holy Spirit. And it, so I believe what's going to happen is instead of a premiere uh, two-and-a-half-hour documentary movie, uh, what this is going to be is a series of many, many documentaries. And uh, <laughs> so I was there filming part of that with... With, um, Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith over at Pirate Christian Radio and Stephen Kozar of The Messed Up Church. And also, uh, ladies, if you recall, we interviewed uh, him and his wife Paulette for an episode of Hit the Bar. That's their ministry where they uh, listen to sermons and then they hit pause and uh, compare what they've heard to scripture. So, uh, and, and Chris and Steve are, are longtime friends of mine. Uh, 
when uh, Steve and I were both uh, with uh, Pirate Christian Radio, uh, we wrote for uh, Fighting for the Faith, and we did podcasts called The Pirate Gang, where we, the three of us would talk about some things. And so we'd cover things about, you know, everything from the seeker-friendly church to, um, you know, the prosperity gospel. And we especially covered the uh, New Apostolic Reformation. And uh, that's what we talked about at this uh, American Gospel Roundtable that we uh, videotaped. Um, and, and that was really cool. So uh, we talked about uh, all the different things going on with the NAR church. And uh, we'll put some links in the in the show notes so that you can kind of see what we're talking about and why the New Apostolic Reformation is not Christian by any stretch. It changes the nature and character of God Almighty, and uh, especially, you know, what how they uh, talk about the Holy Spirit is is just incredible. So, uh, so that's what I was doing for the last week or so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've got yeah. our own TV star here with us. <laughs> Y'all have to ask for Amy's autograph and everything. No, no, no. <laughs> do uh, do they know approximately when it's going to air or? Uh, to be determined. Uh, we're not quite okay. sure yet. There is a, there, a lot of it's already been finished. Um, I, I recorded in, with Steve a segment in uh, 2020, uh, just as the pandemic was hitting. We, we, we uh, went down to Madison and uh, the director came and, and filmed us up there. And so, um, so part of that's already done. Um, a lot of people are contributing to this. Many people have been on our, our program, uh, Doreen Virtue and quite a few others who have uh, contributed to this project. So it'll, it'll be huge. It's quite an undertaking and it takes a long time to edit documentaries. So we'll see if it's uh, able to be released. I'm, I'm hoping by December, that would be a wonderful Christmas treat. Yeah. And uh, of course, I'll keep you all posted. Yeah, absolutely. We will be sure as soon as we hear anything to let y'all know when it's going to be on absolutely. and how you can, um, maybe not how you can download the app or whatever, because I'm not technical. I probably <laughs> tell you the wrong way to do that, but you can figure that out for yourself. Oh, yeah. And because uh, we all certainly want to watch that and support Amy. But also, it's a really important topic. If you're not familiar with the New Apostolic Reformation and the havoc that it has wreaked on evangelicalism and the damage it's done to so, so many people, um, it's really important that you find out about this and learn about it. And I can't think of a better way than watching Amy and and Chris and Steve talk about it. So we'll be sure to let you know about that. Thank you for saying that. In fact, there is a free one hour version of the first documentary. And uh, I'm going to put that in the show notes today so that you'll get a taste of it. See what you think. Uh, A lot of very well-known teachers are featured there, very solid ones. And I, I think it's something that is worth supporting. Yeah, I agree. I, it, they've got a lot of quality content. Uh, the uh, online conference that I've been doing for the past few years is on AGT, AGTV as well. And I think when we drop this episode, uh, it will be next week uh, ah. that, that that will be on AGTV and YouTube and, and whatnot. That's uh, open hearts in a closed world. So yes. just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good, it's a really good app. They've got lots of great content. So you want to get it anyway, but you know, if you get it and then you get me and Amy on there too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonus. <laughs> yes. Oh, so. well, why don't we talk about some of your other upcoming engagements, Michelle? I know you've got some speaking things coming up here. Oh, yeah, I have a, a few things coming up. Not as much this fall as I usually have, but I've got a bunch of, uh, of, uh, uh, speaking engagements next year, early next year. It's, it's been very strange. I guess the pandemic has 
has, uh, or whatever you want to call it, COVID, has kind of affected the way people schedule things. So I've only got a couple more things coming up this year. Uh, I've got a conference in September, and then I've got a, a big conference in, um, this one's going to be fun. It's it's on Nantucket Island uh, in Massachusetts. And my husband and I decided that we would drive up and, you know, go to Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. And uh, hopefully I can talk him into taking me to New York and all these places that are along the way to get yes. there. And and then when we get there, we have to uh, ride, a, we have to park our car and then ride a ferry over to the island and then <laughs> stay there. So it's kind of a retreat that, that I'll be teaching at. So, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to teaching at that and then just the trip and I'm, that should be a lot of fun. And then several upcoming conferences in February, March and April of next year. So, uh, and also, I still have a little room in this year's this this year's calendar. If, you know, if your church is thinking about doing an event and you think you can put to get something together really fast, I still got room on my calendar for late summer, early fall. And I know that you know Amy and I are trying to schedule some stuff where we're speaking together at some events. So be sure you you know look at the information on our website or fitlyspoken.life and uh, think about having both of us come speak. And, and we'd love to do that. So and we'd love lots to of great stuff too. coming up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you want to tackle the other elephant, <laughs> the Roe yeah, versus we... Wade decision that uh, has happened as we record this? It, it, it just happened last week, about a week ago. Yeah, that was really something, wasn't it? I mean, I never, when it actually happened, I mean, we kept hearing they're going to make a decision on Dobbs. They're going to make a decision on Dobbs. They're going to make, and they kept putting it off and off and off and off. And I thought, this is never going to happen. You know, I yeah. figured they'd, I don't know what I was thinking, but I did not expect them to, um, to overturn Roe. I mean, even though no. the document was leaked that said that they would, I just, it's, it's just still incomprehensible to me. I mean, I was, I was saying earlier to someone that, you know, Roe was decided when I was four years old. And I really never expected it to be overturned in my lifetime. I mean, how about you? Did you ever expect yeah, that it would be? No, not at all. It, it, Roe was decided when I was 10 years old, 1973. So y'all can do the math. Um, but <laughs> yes. So t this, this 10 year old girl had no idea what the ruckus was about. And so I asked the question, right. what is, what does abortion even mean? What does that mean? And when I found out what it was, uh, you know, my yeah. ten, even my ten-year-old self knew. Uh, and I, by the sure. way, ladies, I, I didn't grow up in any kind of a, a Christian upbringing at all. You know, we were Unitarian, so that meant you know whatever you want, Aryan. And uh, so, but in my mind, I knew that this was killing a little human baby. This this was killing a baby. Right. How could you not know that as a as a young child? It's as simple to grasp as anything. You're ending the life of a of, right. of a child. And so I have always been what I would call pro-life. I guess now I've I, I would call myself an abolitionist. But uh but yes, the pro-life side, I, I've always been on that side and I didn't come to know who Christ was until years later. And um so I, I was in my uh late twenties, early thirties when I when I you know, when the Lord saved me. So um I didn't know any of the Bible verses that pertain to life or when life was, you know, in the womb and uh and the father knitting me together in my mother's womb. I, I knew none of that. I just knew that this was something that was uh such a devastating thing in our society. And back in nineteen seventy three, you know, 
for all we knew, it was a clump of cells. And yet right. science, right? Science shows right. us through through photographs, through videos, that life starts at the moment of conception. And right. um, science now also tells us that babies feel pain very early on. And so right. um, yeah, we, there's no excuse other than people are pro-abortion because they are because they're blind, mm-hmm. uh, because you know of self-centeredness, of because of sin. Right, exactly. Well, so we know that um, I, I'm assuming most of our listeners know that the overturn of Roe does not mean that abortion is now illegal right, throughout the right. whole country. What that means is that it it turns back over to the states, so that the states get to decide what they're going to do, what kind of laws they're going to make about abortion. So how did, how is that looking up there in Wisconsin where you live? I mean, did y'all have trigger laws where, where yes. that went into effect? Okay. We so did. Which, we a... which direction did your trigger laws go? Because I know there are some <laughs> states that trigger laws went into effect to protect abortion. So how, yeah. how did it go up there? Our trigger went the other way. We have a very uh, liberal governor who, <laughs> I, you know, for him, this was devastating. For us, it was a victory. Uh, the minute uh, that we heard this on, you know, Friday afternoon of June 24th, abortion clinics shut down. And um, wow. the, the statistics up here in Wisconsin are that uh, across the state, according to Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, uh, there were uh, 70 women waiting for their abortion appointments in, in various clinics. And there weren't that many anymore, but uh, but in various clinics and were turned away. Um, as the doors wow. closed. So 70 babies that day uh, were not aborted. Again. Yes. Oh, and so, of course, uh, immediately, because we have a lot of uh, blue cities, uh, we had protesters spilling into the streets for days, um, still had, you know, protests as, as recent as yesterday. Um, and wow. it, it's devastating because I know many of the people who went to some of those rallies and including some who would call themselves Christians holding signs. Uh, with, you know, drawings or pictures of uteruses uh, where the fallopian tubes are giving, you know, the the viewer the finger, you know, just just obscene, vile things like that and screaming. And it's, um, it's really hard to watch. And it's it's really hard to uh, talk to people because there's a lot of division going on right now. And I imagine that's the case in Louisiana as well. Um, I don't think it's quite as severe down here as it is up there. I think there are a lot more pro-life people down here because, you know, we're heavily Catholic, heavily Baptist. Mm, So now that's not to say that there aren't any pro-choice people because there obviously are a lot. But we we also had trigger laws that went into effect. We had actually just just a couple weeks before had had an abolition bill in the the house that was to be ah. brought up for a vote and so i was there that day and that was very interesting and of course it did not pass but this came on the heels of that you know so it was very a very interesting dynamic but we we did have uh, trigger laws that went into effect as soon as roe um was overturned and the our new laws are very restrictive praise god uh, there yeah. are no exceptions at least from what i'm understanding right now things are still in a little bit of a state of flux but my understanding is that there are no exceptions for rape and incest there are there is an exception for if the the baby is not viable and i believe uh, plan b unfortunately is still going to be 
legal from what I understand the the ones that you can the it's the call they call it an emergency contraceptive which is like the day after pill the morning after pills what they used to call it um, so unfortunately that is still uh, still legal but uh, pretty much most other abortions are uh, are illegal now unfortunately as soon as this happened uh, an injunction was filed at at the district court in New Orleans to put a hold on that uh, put a hold on the trigger laws because they said they were unclear and unconstitutional or something to that effect. So that uh, that is going to court on July the 7th. Uh, so that might be right around the time we drop this episode. So do do be in prayer um, for Louisiana. It's, it's pretty much everybody feels like, you know, that's not going to fly and that the trigger laws will go back into effect. So um, that's that's hopeful and that's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you think about it, be in prayer for Louisiana and just, just ask God to make sure that those, those laws that protect babies go back oh, into yes. effect. So now how did your family and friends react? Did they, did you experience um, division in your, in your family and in, in with your friend groups or anybody, uh, hopefully not, but anybody, uh, in your Christian circles? Um, not not personally no um obviously everybody at my church well it's kind of hard for me to gauge i'm sure everybody at my church is excited but i was in nursery last week at church so i don't really know <laughs> what the reaction was exactly during during church uh but obviously you know everybody at my church is very happy that um that this is ha- that this has happened and that the trigger laws have gone into effect but uh, I haven't really talked about this with any unbelieving family. Um, I, I did post a couple of things on my Facebook page about it, I think. I uh, didn't really get any reaction to that. I think I did post something about that on my Facebook page. I may not have, which may, may, may be why I didn't get a reaction about it, because I don't post on my personal Facebook page very much about that. But, uh, yeah, uh, you and I both have two different accounts. Uh, I think for the right. same reasons. So, um, yes. So, so the one with my name on it, I, I don't. You know that that's not for anything with uh, discernment topics or podcasts or anything like that. That's just for you know high school chums and family and, right. and friends from long ago. And so right. I, I posted. You know, on both sites, I, I posted um, uh, just a picture of a, a really cute little toddler who's uh, dancing in the sprinkler. Just kind of a cute little. Mm -hmm. Uh, toddler dancing and on my personal page where my family can see I just wrote wow 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 you know and just the celebration yeah and uh, of course obviously everybody knew what that meant um, because they they'd seen my posts from before about bible verses and and uh, celebrating life and that kind of thing for years I've done that Uh, everybody knows it's no secret that I am pro-life but uh, but I did get one family member unfortunately who uh, told me that my reaction and the reaction of other Christians celebrating this um, caused him to question his faith in Christ and caused uh, <laughs> caused other family members to cry when they saw what I posted, which I didn't even oh, post no. any words other than wow, wow, wow. But, um, you know, so I, it's uh, the, the message was a lot longer than that. But yeah, um, yeah it, oh. very, very sad. And uh, I, I don't know what to do with that, but I, I think I need to reach out and just explain a little bit more, you know, why it's important for Christians to, um, 
you know, go with what God says rather than uh, what our own feelings yeah. are and, you know, that kind of thing. But really, it, it's it's really hard with families, isn't it? It really is. Sometimes I, I'm, it's possible that I didn't get any reactions to mine because my family members have, have muted me from their timelines <laughs> or something like that from posting discernment stuff and stuff like that a long time ago. But I don't know. Um, and you know how Facebook is anyway. You don't always sure. see everything everybody <laughs> posts. So, but it's, it really is unfortunate that this is causing division among people who claim to be Christians. Uh, if you claim to be a Christian and you're disappointed that people won't get to torture babies to death anymore as much, you really need to think about that. Um, that's not right. <laughs> that's not good. We're not, we're not a people who support sin and rejoice in sin and things of that nature. We are to rejoice, uh, in, in goodness and, and light and grace and things going Biblically, <laughs> this is this has gone, been something that has gone right, and it is right to rejoice loudly in this. You know, um, a lot we've seen a lot of the big Eva types, unfortunately, saying things like, "Oh, you shouldn't celebrate too much because you know that that might I don't know drive people away from Christ or whatever yes. their reasons are for that." And I and to be nuanced in your celebration, no. Okay, you shout loud and proud that this is exciting and you're glad that babies are going to be saved. Um, it's, this is something to rejoice in for sure. But the, these people in, in Big Eva, oh my goodness, you know, Beth Moore, of course, now, she didn't, she didn't post anything to my knowledge. I haven't gone back and looked recently, but the first few days after this decision was reached, she did not post anything about this. And obviously people don't have to post something if they don't want to about anything. You know, there, I didn't post something right away because I was still in shock and I didn't know what to say. I mean, obviously I was happy about it, but I, I just couldn't find the, the words. I was so amazed that this had happened. But, um, Beth Moore responded to a tweet from, Karen Swallow Pryor, and she had, um, what had she said? I have her, oh, Karen Swallow Pryor, who is, um, well, we won't go into all that, but let's just say she's a progressive or liberal Southern Baptist. She said, our work is just now starting. We must help and support moms, dads, and babies, love them all, and in so doing, make abortion unimaginable. Yeah, and, you know um, what though? We've where what? has she been? We've all been doing that. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. That's that is a big point though. You know, all these all these big Eva people like the Gospel Coalition and people like that. Oh, now is the time to I don't know what they want. Do you want they want us to financially support these moms and babies from the womb to the tomb or what? I mean, are we creating a new welfare state here? Are they not aware that there are crisis pregnancy centers out there who are helping moms and babies, you know? Who, Christians and their churches have been supporting yes. for years, volunteering, speaking, fundraising, uh, every donating. It's it's just right. a it's, welcome to the party leftists, you know? Yeah. I mean, catch up, you know, you hadn't been doing anything so far, some of you. So, you know, join us where yeah. we've been doing this. But Beth Moore's response to Karen Swallow Pryor's tweet was, yes, step up church like we haven't been already. Take responsibility for the fact that pro-life is either pro all of life, which is in step with the truth of the gospel or pro some of life 
which for many is in step with political expediency. Unborn slash born, babies slash girls slash women need immense support, compassion, and care. And I was not thrilled with that (laughs) response. A lot of people were upset with that. First of all, because all this was was a response to something someone else had said. She didn't, you know, she was she didn't express any joy in the fact that that Roe had been overturned uh, herself. But I I was just aggravated because she is a false teacher. And and so my response to this was, look, false teachers don't get to lecture the church out of their delusion of holding the moral high ground. Go home, take a seat, and put a sock in it. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that what could... she needs to do. She needs to be quiet about it. She has no place lecturing the church on anything, and especially not on something the church has been doing for a long time already, like like she's just now discovering, you know, that this needs to be taken care of and Beth coming into the rescue, you know, to, well, it's just uh, to make sure. signaling. Absolutely. It is. It is. So, yeah. And then, you know, Karen Swallow Pryor, the reason she had tweeted that tweet originally is because she wrote a, um, she had written an article for the New York Times and it was, I don't know if it was an opinion piece. I think maybe it was an opinion piece about her reaction to Roe. And she opened that opinion piece by saying this, Roe versus Wade's reversal has elicited cries of anger and despair from those who feel a sense of dread for the future of women and the future of America. I understand that feeling of dread. As a pro-life advocate, I lament with those, I lament with those, she says, who feel they have lost a basic human right as well as moral agency and hope for the future. Now, that opening remark was to sort of cushion the blow that's about to come for the pro-aborts who are reading this article. Karen is, oh my goodness, pro-life, you know? <laughs> In fact, she, she, you should read this article, article because she is so pro-life that her heroics almost single-handedly made the reversal of Roe happen, you know, the way she presents it. She's like, She's the Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., and Rosa Parks of the pro-life movement all rolled into one. You know, you want to talk about virtue signaling. So, um, (laughs) but, you you know, we don't lament with. Lamenting with someone means to join in their grief over something, okay? We don't lament with people that a sin has ended. You know, we don't lament over that. We rejoice over righteousness being done and sin being thwarted. So that was, you know, that was just another one of those those big Eva remarks that I, I just don't understand their reaction. Well, I guess I do because yeah. they're big Eva. But I, their reaction to this is just incomprehensible to me. Tamp down your joy because it might offend somebody. And I <laughs> lament with these people who are upset that babies aren't going to be tortured to death anymore. You know? Well, in some of the verse, I, she's not the only one, Michelle. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of other Christians say things like, we need to weep with those who weep. Um, what I find incredibly ironic is weeping with those who weep. This would apply in the case where maybe you're weeping with someone who has lost a child, not 
weeping with somebody who's lost the ability to kill their child. This is a huge, huge difference. And so there's been a lot of scolding and virtue signaling. You know, you you shouldn't uh, celebrate. You shouldn't uh, be happy about any of this. Christians, stay in your lane. Keep quiet so you don't offend anybody. And uh, so I find that very interesting. Yeah, well, I find it a lot of things. <laughs> uh, it's it's completely unbiblical and un inappropriate. It's just and it's it's just so tiresome. This is what they always do. They like to get up on their moral high horse and tell everybody else, you know, that the church isn't doing their job and and Christians aren't aren't you know sorry enough or or sympathetic enough or whatever enough you know we're just not doing our job right and it just really irks me when somebody like Beth Moore who's a false teacher who can't even teach scripture straight you know and write and cut it rightly from from the text feels like she's got the place to lecture the church on everything we're doing wrong so uh, well, <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. But uh, again, we just uh, we keep looking to the Lord and it is okay to be happy about this because uh, babies will be saved because of this. And it's a step in the in, in the next direction where we need to continue to pray and continue to act and vote in our own states so that uh, this thing does become you know, something in the past that we can look back and say, what were we thinking for 30 or 48 years or whatever it was? Uh, There, there is still work to be done. We don't need to, to rest on this. We need to continue moving forward because there are still things, like I mentioned earlier, the morning after pill that, that does kill embryos. You know, it does, it will kill a baby who has been conceived uh, it's not always the case, but it can. So we do need to to still be vigilant about these things and keep moving forward. And we do still need to keep um, serving mothers who are in who are having these babies now. I mean, we we certainly don't need to financially support them for the rest of their lives. We need to, which is what 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 many um, what most crisis pregnancy centers and churches and things do is what I'm about to suggest. We help them out and then we, we give them, what do they say? We give them a hand up, not a hand out. You know, we help them to learn how to support themselves, how to train up their children in godliness and, and things like this. And hopefully get the dads back in there too, and get the dads, uh, you know, maybe get them married if that's appropriate or possible, get the dad supporting the kids and, and, and things of this nature and, and get the gospel to them most importantly. And like I said, every crisis pregnancy center church that helps women like this that I know of, they're already doing all of yes. that. So just keep on keeping on. Amen. Well, I think we want to um, talk now a little bit before we go about some prayer requests, Michelle. And I, I know that I've been praying for you. You've had some changes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, things that you've decided to adjust on your blog. And, and we can talk a little bit about you know, what's changing for you. What are some things that you're thinking about and, and how can we pray for you? Well, I, I have just uh, announced earlier this week that I'm just I'm cutting back a little bit. I've been blogging five days a week for 14 years, almost 14 years. Amazing. And now we have a weekly podcast and I do speaking engagements. I uh, appear on other podcasts from time to time. 
just lots of things that that I do that people probably don't even see that just take a lot of time and and a lot of work and it's it's very draining and you know I don't get a salary for that or anything which I'm not complaining about that I enjoy what I do and and everything but I just I just you know needed to take some pressure off I I put a lot of pressure on myself to put out good quality content and by certain deadlines. And, uh, that's, you know, after a while that can take its toll. And, and I got to thinking, I'm not sure if I know anybody who blogs five days a week and has a weekly podcast and, uh, does speaking engagements. And I'm not sure if, if I know anybody who has a weekly podcast who blogs five days a week. So <laughs> I thought, you know, if I just cut back a little bit, I, I'm sure my readers and followers will understand. And they have been so sure. gracious. Every, every message I've received has been so supportive and kind. And, uh, I, you know, my followers are the best. Our followers here at A Word Fitly Spoken are the best. They are just the kindest, most gracious people who treat me so much better than I deserve. And I really, really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking forward to having a little extra time to like paint my bathroom and clean some things, (laughs) organize some things, maybe bake a little bit more. I haven't baked very much in a long time. So I'm going to do that. And I I will say that, yes, I I will say that I am so encouraged by, uh, by this decision. And, um, uh, this makes me very happy because I don't want to see you hit a wall, my friend. And uh, that, that can <laughs> easily either. happen in ministry, right, ladies? So, uh, yes, oh, yeah. thank, rejoice with me that Michelle is going to be able to get a little more rest. And if you need to cut back even more, well, you know, let, let us hope that the Lord impresses upon you through wisdom that uh, you do what's right for you and for your family. Well, we'll see. Well, how can we pray for you, Amy? Oh, well, I don't have quite the, the pace that you do in ministry. Uh, I do have, uh, work that I do other, uh, you know, in other realms, uh, right. in, in the work world. And, uh, so that can be a little stressful as things get more and more, shall we just say, woke. Uh, there are challenges yeah. there. And, um, you know me, I'm never going to compromise on the truth. And, uh, I, I want to glorify God in everything I do. So we'll see how long, uh, this lasts. And there are daily challenges, but, uh, so far, far, uh, so far I'm uh, holding strong and steady and I could just use prayers for that. Um, I, I could also use, this is kind of a more of a self thing. Um, I, I actually have been experiencing some very strange nerve pain and I could use prayer for oh, that. No. <laughs> uh, it's the kind of pain How's... that it's a neuropathy and it, it attacks, uh, mm-hmm. well, I've got numbness in my, my hands and feet, but especially my feet and it'll wake me up in the middle of the night and uh, the, the oh. foot pain will be stabbing and it'll be intermittent. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the kind of thing where it goes, you know, stab for five seconds and then, you know, it goes away. And then a minute later, it's back and it ju- it'll just do that for hours. And so anyway, uh, getting old, you know, these tents are wearing out and uh, yes. I- I'll be turning 59 soon. And I, I realize that uh, you know, this-, this body is wearing out. The world is wearing out. And so uh, just strength, I guess, prayers for strength to persevere through this. And if it's the Lord. Lord's will to take that pain away, then then He will. But just you know, just that I can uh, continue being faithful to the Lord and not focus on myself so much. Um, it's a great uh, a great opportunity to cry out. So, yes. um, and that's what we all need to do when we go through um, suffering like that. Yes, those things really help us learn to be dependent 
on the Lord. And that's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to be independent and pull it, you know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of thing. (laughs) He wants us to depend on him. But your heart is doing okay, right? Yes, I was having some symptoms about eight weeks ago, and I had to go get uh, the the scope, the ultrasound of my heart. And it it turns out that we just needed a medication adjustment. So um, the condition that I have is is just um, being managed by uh, hopefully some good health decisions on my part as well as uh, medication that I'll always have to be on. So, uh, but I appreciate prayers for that too. Um, yeah, it's uh, uh, two. It'll be two years this September uh, since my open heart surgery for a genetic uh, thing that I have, and more evidence that uh, as we get further and further away from uh, the garden, you know, perfection, yeah. uh, we we know that our our bodies really definitely are uh, changing. Um, you know, genetically, we're all you know. I don't. I don't know how long, how many more generations we can last before the Lord comes back, but we shall see. <laughs> Not too many more, I hope. I mean, I, I'd be okay if He came back today. Yeah. Uh, that would be great with me. We we just we look at creation groaning, and yeah. that's reflected in our bodies as well. And and we just cry out to the Lord, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come. Uh, we want Him to come back. We long to be in heaven where. You know, these, these tents won't be an issue anymore. We'll have our new glorified bodies. There won't be any sickness or sorrow or weeping or death. It's, it's just so comforting to think about that hope of heaven that we have. So it really is. And it's in his timing. And I know that there are a few people that uh, I know you would like to see saved and I would like to see saved yeah. and come to a, a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're, we're hoping and praying that uh, the, the Lord will soften those hearts before he does come back. Yes, absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, we want to say, uh, we would start off by saying a big thank you to Patsy, who left us a five-star review on iTunes. And also, she left a very encouraging comment for us. She said, I am very thankful for these two ladies who share God's wisdom with us through this podcast. In this day and age when people are rejecting God's word and seeking ways to justify their sin, Michelle and Amy point us back to God's word and how to live in a way that brings honor to God. What a blessing this is to me. Well, Aww. thank you so much, Patsy. Yes, we really thanks, appreciate Patsy. that. Uh, also, a big shout out to our newest patron, David, over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your generosity, David. And don't forget to stop by a wordfitlyspoken.life to support us on PayPal or Patreon uh, if you do feel so uh, inspired to do that. And to do check out all of our resources that you'll find on our website. We've got a terrific gospel presentation that you can share around uh, with loved ones, and you can find out ha- how to have uh, the two of us come and speak at your next women's event, plus a lot more. You sure can. And until next time, even if you're on summer vacation, always remember to walk worthy. 